0: You're listening to the Private Citizen, a podcast for critical thinkers. This is episode 145 for Friday, the 24th of February, 2023. War never changes. Hello, everybody. My name is Fab. I'm your host. I'm coming to you from Düsseldorf in Germany. Um, Not live this time. Uh, By by Empire, I mean I'm not broadcasting this live on Twitch. I'm just recording this. Um, ad hoc, so to speak. Um, Yeah, um, today is uh, what pretty much every news outlet probably in the world calls the one-year anniversary of the uh, beginning of the Ukraine war. Um, And that is um, quite a lot of bullshit. Um, I was writing a um, newsletter about this today. Um, and then I realized I should probably talk about this on the podcast. So that's what we're doing. I'm just, this is just going to be a short episode um, that I'm just going to um, squeeze in there. Um, I'm actually not, um, you might hear it in my voice. I'm not completely uh, fit. I'm a bit under the weather, um, which isn't bad. It's just a cold, but it's, it's also completely my fault. Um, we went, you know, we have this thing called carnival in, in Germany here in Rhineland. And um, me and my wife I haven't, haven't taking part in this madness for a very long time but we decided now that we live here again we should probably you know join in uh when in rome uh and and everything else you know and and so we we ha- we had a bit of partying last weekend and you know you're out there with a lot of people in very small spaces and the immune system isn't um, what it used to be uh, since the pandemic, of course, with all the lockdowns and everything, so of course I got sick um, or we both got sick and i 'm still recovering this is why i didn 't do a podcast on on Wednesday. I was actually planning to do an episode tomorrow um, that i had already had prepared and um, so I, this is just like a one off um, that I want to record today because today uh, you know because of this date. Um, And I decided I'll just get that out of the way. Um, So there won't be any feedback on the show either, because I'd already prepared feedback to go in that other episode. So that'll come later. Um, Yeah, um, nice to have you on board here for this episode. I'm not planning um, this to be that long, but um, we'll see. Um, It's just something um, that I find I'm I'm very incredulous about this whole situation. Um, and I've, I I think I um, I need to talk about this because, you know, we talked about the, the Ukraine war on the show before and um, it's kind of um, I've, I've covered it, obviously, from the beginning. Um, and I think I think this is an, an, an important thing um, to talk about. If you want to follow along, as usual, um, you can go to private citizen press, although there won't be um, many show notes, um, but I put relevant links in there. Um, I'm kind of riffing this of my newsletter uh, piece that I wrote, and I'm kind of, uh, I've, of course, link that in there in case you want to read that. Um, yeah, but with that, let's, let's get, without further ado, let's get started with the show here. Um, so, uh, medicating you with a little, little bit of red wine. I don't know if this is a good or a bad idea. Um but uh it's 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 the that's the way she goes, there'll be no other way. Um I've actually been working um through this call as much as I can. I had a bit of a headache yesterday and the day before, but I got you know, I had some stuff I had had to do. Um which I did so I kind of you know it's it's kinda of think it's dragging out longer than it would be if I just taking like two days off properly and just stayed in bed. Um uh, but that's that's the way it is anyway, let's get into the topic here so um what's kind of i mean this is all not anything I'm gonna talk about this it's completely not surprising it's really not um I wouldn't have expected the, this to be any other way um but it's 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 still driving me mad and I kind of have to talk about it and i think um you know maybe if you're like me and you're listening to this because you're a little bit of a critical thinker and you're you're not just shovel it you know, and you're shoveling everything into your eyeballs that the the media is serving up, um then, you know, um then I think it it's just a bit of sanity to to maybe listen to somebody who thinks um if not completely like you then adjacent to you. I hope this uh so I hope this isn't um I'm kinda of probably preaching to the choir. Um I don't think anybody who um who thinks what I'm saying here is a good idea will will just because of this episode start listening to the podcast but in case you're new uh welcome to the show Um uh, we are really nice people here you know we don't bite this uh it's a small tight-knit but you know really cool community really and we're just um we're also not crazy <laughs> you know we're not tinfoil hat people we just we just like to you know apply critical thinking. really apply science i read um i was playing around um with a with a program called um Space engine, which is kind of like this um it's it's kind of a universe simulator um it's kind of um simulates planets and orbits and everything you can just kind of fly around and and look at the universe or what we know of the universe and it's, it's kind of really interesting it's kind of you know probably a video game although it's not really a game, it's just a simulator anyway when you start that up, you have like these quotes um and there was one quote co- quote from Carl Sagan. Um, which, which reminded me of this podcast um, where, which, uh, where Carl Sagan said that um, science is not so much a body of knowledge than it is a way of thinking. Um, and that's what we're trying to do here. Um, the people who go around and, you know, they're on the on the TV and they're in, in the press and they're on the internet and they're on Twitter um, that say, you know, science says this, science says that, science is right. Those people generally don't understand what science is. You know, they think science is this body of knowledge that we've arrived at. But really, that isn't science. Science really is um, challenging the status quo. And that's how we as humans arrive at, you know, new knowledge. Um that reminds me of another quote I've um, read once where I don't know. I think this is from Richard Feynman, who basically said that um, science is the um theory that the experts aren't right. It's like the application, it's like the um the systematic application of the idea that the experts aren't right. Um that's what science is, right? And and that's what we're trying to do here. Anyway, so if you are like me and you you think like this, then you, you'd be amazed today um to see well not really amazed because it's not surprising but it's it's infuriating to me that pretty much every news site um that I read uh, at least in the West, pretty much, I guess, um, today uh, has, like, articles about the one-year anniversary of the Ukraine war, the one-year anniversary of the invasion of Ukraine. And and then they go into whatever, right? Fact-checking analysis, whatever they, they're doing, fact-checking in air quotes, of course. Um, you know, whimsical articles about how bad war is. And I actually do agree with that. But, like, the the actual... Um, premise is so wrong, and it's it's it is so obviously bullshit and wrong that the, the people who are writing these stories must know this. They like you know the people at Target Show, the BBC, CNN, um, the Guardian. Uh, whatever, Der Spiegel, they must know this stuff. They must know that it's actually not the one year anniversary. And I think they're just ignoring that because this is the story, right? So sorry. Everybody goes with, and we talked about this a lot on the show about journalism and how it's basically destroying itself by mechanisms like this, where there apparently there's nobody in the editorial office, of course, but it is actually not the first, you know, one year anniversary. Um, Or there is somebody that says that, but they're just like shouted down or not listened to or whatever, because they're crazy. Um, And in case, so in case you really don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to lay it down here for a second. The problem is the 24th of February, 2022. Was it the day when Russia started the current offensive in Ukraine and started attacking the bulk of Ukraine en masse. That is true. I guess that is too bulky to say. But at that point, the war uh, was already more than eight years old. The war in Ukraine, or, you know, as, for example, Wikipedia calls, and I think this is a good name, the Russo-Ukrainian War, it's actually not the first Russo-Ukrainian War, I think um but i think that's a good name for it that was started on the 20th of february 2014 this is when russia annexed crimea now granted at the time we didn't really know that i was one of the people who was very spe- s- s- skeptical that it was actually russia doing this so what russia did was um it um um it it basically uh, declared that the, that crimea which has been a disputed um, territory in the past. This is actually not the first annexation um, of Crimea by Russia. It's, it's at least the second. That was when 1780 something, I think. Um, you know, there was a Crimea war back then and stuff like that. But so that's when they annexed Crimea and they actually went in with um, uh, special forces and um, and PMCs, you know, private military companies, and they were all. They all had, like, the um, the, the markings uh, ripped off the uniforms, right? They didn't have any patches on the uniforms, didn't have any flags. The vehicles they used they weren't marked. Um, and at the time, Russia denied that it was their forces. It became clear over months, of course, that this was Russia. Um, there was, of course, with this whole war, there was, like, the idea that, um, you know, these, um, the Luhansk People's Republic and, you know, the Donetsk People's Republic, There were... Re- you know, rebellious groups there that had separated from Ukraine and that those were actually the combatants, which in some cases, of course, were. In some cases, they had weapons um, and materiel from, from, you know, the Russian uh, Federation. And in some cases, there were Russian soldiers there. And I was actually very skeptical of this in the beginning. Um, I, I kind of thought it was kind of like a conspiracy theory that this was actually the Russians. It turned out to be the Russians. Um, so, of course, um, you know, very soon um, this became obvious. And, and from there on, uh, it was kind of, you know, I was kind of, of course, also going with the theory that this was, of course, Russia, who had started the war. But we live in a time where, you know, you do not, you, this is not the 19th century anymore, right? We do not declare wars. Uh, we do not line um, we the armies don't line up on on the hillside opposite each other. They you know everybody draws their rifle, they fire. The first line falls, you know the second line steps over the corpses, reloads the you know the blunderbusses and whatever, uh, and then fires again. Or oh, I don't think they're actually blunderbusses, the but you know what I mean. You know we don't do that anymore. We don't declare war, right? Even World War Two um, was kind of started like this. Actually, you know the Germans are kind of pretended that polish had destroyed radio installation and the declaration of war came quite a bit later so we are not in that time anymore so this is not this is now the way that wars are wage but it was clearly a war it became clear that it was russia um and ever since it you know we've treated it as a war now it was kind of off the radar here uh, you know in the West, and uh, but you know, in in, in Germany, uh, in Europe, and I guess also in the U.S., um, it 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 sharply rose into focus. Uh, this was in 2014 when when the um, Malaysian Airlines um, plane was shot down by one of these militant groups, probably with I think we're pretty sure by now with help from soldiers and with, of course, um, material from the Russian Federation. You know this book anti air rocket system um and I think they kind of used it wrong. I think that's kind of the the um the um the consensus we arrived that you know these things are multi you have these vehicles right you have a radar vehicle or several and then you have these missile launchers, and they kind of um i think didn't use the radar part and then you can use a missile missile part on its own. But they kind of I think they tried to shoot down a military cargo plane and it went completely wrong and they shot down you know Malaysia Airlines. And then of course that became suddenly the war down there in far away Ukraine um, was suddenly on the radar in Europe and 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 stayed on the radar quite a bit, especially in the in the Netherlands because there was lots of Dutch people on that plane. Um, but we kind of forgot about that war again and um you know there 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 was actually there was big battles down there was tank battles there's thousands of people i think tens of thousands of people died um before 2020 between in these eight years between 2014 and 2022 But it was kind of a stalemate, you know. Um, Ukraine also, interestingly, even Zelensky's government for a long time didn't really treat it as kind of like a war. Like, they didn't go and say, you know, we need military help, we need tanks, the Russians are attacking us, right? Um, I mean, they've asked for some help and they received help, but, like, it wasn't the same escalation. And then, of course, um, Russia... So, so Russia had annexed Crimea and then there was kind of a war going on in, in, in the Donbass, right? Between the Luhansk and Donetsk People's Republic and and Ukraine, kind of like a war of succession. And then, um, on 24th, February, 2022, of course, Russia invaded, uh, with the goal, I think initially of just, you know, getting through to Kiev, not, apparently not expecting a lot of resistance, um, which obviously failed. But this is when people suddenly decided there's a war in Europe going on. That was the headline. I mean, I wrote about this. Um, if you want to check out my previous coverage on this, there's a, you know, of tags. I have a link to the tag in the show notes, private system, not press. Show notes for episode 145. And the first episode I talked about, this was episode 109. Um, I skipped uh the f- last February, like in twenty twenty two I skipped February to work on my novel, and when I came back on the third of March um I did this episode where I already talked about like the propaganda and how bullshit uh, the boy propaganda was already then, and how bullshit it was to say that so that there was suddenly war in europe um because you know obviously first of all kind of debatable if Ukraine is in Europe, I would say yes. Um, But then it's idiotic to say that there's suddenly a war when the war's been going on for eight years. Um, People were claiming it was like the first war in Europe since World War II, which is obviously bullshit because the Kosovo War um, is obviously in Europe. It's, for example, for Germany, it's it's actually a lot closer than Ukraine. Um, But um, or at least like geopolitically closer. I don't know if it's actually geographically close. Actually, I would have to look. I would have to look at the map and eyeball this. I'm I'm notoriously bad in in, in geography. I've always be, have been. Um, well, yeah, it's I guess depending on from where you measure in Germany, it's kind of the same distance. But you know, geopolitically, like Croatia, Bosnia Herzegovina, you know, all this like the former Yugoslavia is like a lot more Europe than Ukraine. You know, like if I look at like me, um, who is like obviously studied history and I look at everything with like a historian's perspective, then, you know, Ukraine or the, you know, the Kievan Rus was always kind of like that was always like in the Russian sphere of influence. And it's more, you know, it's a lot more Slavic and a lot more towards, you know, the Asian sphere of influence than, um, you know, Yugoslavia, which used to be. Uh, Austria right this this used to be Austria 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 Hungary um so it actually used to be part of the german you know as far as you know the the austrian um empire was was part of germany right um as in before germany as a nation state existed holy roman empire and all that um you know but that's a lot more european than actually ukraine Um, historically speaking. But, you know, in in any case, it's both Europe. And so there was a war in Europe before. So that was bullshit from the beginning. Um, But now to me, it's like, it's actually amazing how how much, like, how how much bullshit this one-year anniversary is, right? Yeah, we have a one-year anniversary of a um, significant escalation of the war. Um, of course, I agree with that. And you can write articles about that, of course. Um, but you kind of need to... Um, like, you need to write that. Like, you can't say the war started a year ago. That is idiotic. I mean, the war started the moment the first Russian soldiers crossed into Ukrainian territory, which was in Crimea in 2014. That's when the war started. Um that's when the invasion started that was an invasion of ukraine um it was the beginning um and it's it's all like it's all part of the same uh continuous process this is part of the you know that started with the regime change uh in ukraine it started with the with the eu and nato getting influence in the country with putin who um you know I don't. I don't know. Does that surprise anybody? I mean, Vladimir Putin was a KGB agent. He is a, um, a product of the Cold War of the Soviet Union. He thinks like we've talked about this before as well. I think um, that he thinks like a like a Soviet leader, and he thinks that Ukraine um, should be part of his country, or at least pff, is subjugated under the Russian influence. Right. So, so this is all. This this is just a further escalation in the process and to just pretend that this is like somehow different or somehow worse. I mean, there were people killed before. Yeah, now there are more people killed. But that's like saying, um, you know, it would be like saying uh, when Nazi Germany it attacked Poland, that really wasn't the war because nobody really cares about Poland and um you know if let's say from a russian perspective right and 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 the, the world war II really started when they attacked us the, when did when the germans attacked the soviet union that's like bullshit right the the, the world war two started the moment german soldiers crossed into poland like well like if you're the french and you're saying like the world war II started the moment they started invading france no of course not like the, the process start i mean the the process started way before but like but like the war process of the war started the moment the nazis attacked poland and it's the same way the this war this process started the moment the russians crossed into crimea so what kind of bullshit are these articles like who writes articles like that it's that is like the propaganda line that is part of the same problem that sees like um you know for this for this newsletter i wrote link in the show notes private citizen.press um, i took two photos that were today um on the front page of target show which is like the german um prime time television news they have a website of course and they write news stories as well and they had two stories and one was about the russian kind of um it was framed as kind of like a russian um you know, the Russian propaganda event that commemorates the state and then the Ukrainian one. And the Russian one um, was kind of um, commemorate or, or portrayed as a um, patriotic or probably even fascist um, orchestrated event. And the Ukrainian um, event was kind of like a heroic um you know, um, heroic um, defense. Uh, you know, revolution, almost like people's revol, kind of like you know, like French Revolution, kind of defense against the evil attacker. And you can have those opinions, right? I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like, that is necessarily completely wrong, but like, if you contrast these po- both of those pictures directly they're both military um, propagandistic events. Um, And it's just not seen that way, right? Over here um, in the West, especially in Europe, um, basically, and I've talked about this before, the Ukrainian propaganda is like believed as fact and the Russian propaganda is always fact-checked and and heavily censored, you know, the European Union where you now, you know, um, RT... Uh, so russian state television is kind of out is outlawed i I can't like really what well i can technically you know because i know how how to get around dumb technical restrictions but you know legally they're not allowed to to broadcast here and and all this uh, stuff so there's actually what i would call state censorship except it's done by the european union um so which is not a state, so it's not really state censorship, but like if the German government would do this, it would be against the German constitution, right? Um, which says, famously, I talked about this before on the show, censorship does not exist, which means the state is not allowed to censor. Um, and and saying, you know, RT, you, you cannot receive RT in Germany, that would be censorship, that would be state censorship. Um, but because it's not the... German government doing this but like the European Union which is above the German government is not a state and the constitution does not apply to the European Union um it's okay um but you know this is this i think this is causing this is what we have talked about this before this obvious propaganda thing um, which also means that you can't actually get any real news from the ground in Ukraine um all you have is the Ukrainian propaganda and and then you know kind of russian propaganda which is labeled as propaganda and the Ukrainian propaganda is labeled as fact but even though you can't get any like there's no real reporting being done right um especially now like in the beginning there were actually especially german journalists were actually on the front lines you know the Paul Ronsheimer, that guy from Bild, um famously uh you know um getting shot at in the car and all this kind of stuff um but like that is that is, has disappeared, and now we basically just have the propaganda, and we have people buying this wholesale, and journalists just—they're not critically um, analyzing this. They're not critically, critically analyzing the inf- any information. I mean, there are they're writing articles. That this is the first anniversary of the war, which is there is no, there is literally no uh definition of this war you can come up with where that is right (laughs) like um not at all because you can't even say now it's an official war because the russians now you know before they never said that it it was them but like the russians like officially don't even say this is a war (laughs) it's like you know this is all this is all, all, all obvious bullshit um yeah it it just um it just calls me you know a couple with the obvious militarism that we're falling into now and know talked about this before in the show um where people who uh would, would have characterized themselves a year ago as like pacifists um and now suddenly um saying we should send tanks over to ukraine and it's just like you know doesn't doesn't surprise me but it it is it is it is extremely frightening to see um i mean to me it's one thing to have to for people to have this opinion but for the media like professionally um to kind of disseminate this misinformation right the idea that this war is it's one year old. This misinformation. This war is now over nine years old. It's just that you didn't notice. Like the the media did not notice. The politicians did not notice. I talked about this in that episode like a year ago. I talked about how the the German uh, federal, uh, the German um, um, uh, foreign minister was like. This was t- t- totally surprising. Like, and I was like, what? This there's literally a war being going on. eight eight years you've been there like she fucking was there like a, a month earlier like you know the episode with the helmets where we wanted to like ukraine was asking this was before this new invasion started um just this, this new offensive um the, the ukraine asked for military help and we said like yeah we can kind of give you helmets and then everybody laughed about that but like she was there like in a i can i couldn't remember the pictures because i was amazed he was wearing like this really expensive cutting edge uh first spear uh, strand strand (laughs) talk um uh uh, plate carrier which i know from escape from tarkov and uh i i i looked at buying one you know I, i got a plate carrier for for exercise and i looked at buying one it was like a 1200 euros i was <laughs> like what the fuck yeah but uh there she was wearing this like uh, f- it's actually made for um for amphibious uh operations so like you know it's uh it's very water it's just resistant to just you know made for navy seals i guess swimming around the water or whatever so i was like oh wow that's some good gear she has and she, i think she was wearing a wendy xville helmet as well like some really Meta chat <laughs> talk gear, so I can remember the pictures of her being like in the fucking trench lines, and then she's like there, like f- mu- like two months later, whatever. She's like, "This is really surprising that there's a war going on." Woman, do you remember your strandturk You know that you were. Why do you think you were wearing that plate carrier when there wasn't a war going on like a few months? ago? like, "What?" I mean, these 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 people are just like they're eating they're, they're, they're dog fooding their own propaganda I think and it's the same with the journalists and then they, they start believing this shit and as a, as a, as a person who uh, hasn't completely lost the ability to critical think you just sit there today and you see the news stories and you're like what is going on like do they have some kind of brain disease where their brain turned into sponge and they can't think anymore what the hell is going on it just drives me mad. And the, the obviously the, the, the bad problem is that this this I mean it would be one thing if that would just be a news story, right? And and, and and people were just under the misguided impression that this war was like somehow yet just a year old. But the problem is that this is is from I guess a propaganda playbook or whatever that that that, that is accompanied by other misinformation. Right. It's the same kind of people and the same kind of thinking that if if, if somebody if, if I write a story and or if I talk to somebody and say, you know, we really what we need here is peace. Right. We need a way um for this war to end. And then they're like, no, peace is not possible. This is like a, some kind of like a new kind of they make like this war and by that specifically i mean the escalation that had happened has happened in the last year right they don't include i'm saying they i don't even know where but like, who i'm talking about but i'm like i'm talking i'm kind of creating a artificial person it you could probably call it a strawman argument but i'm kind of t- you know I'm, I'm i don't want to talk about specific people i talk to because i don't want to name them on the show but this is like a kind of what i've taken from talking to people. And these are like people I just met in the bar. These are some friends of mine and also some journalist colleagues, right? And they they would just say, no, this is some kind of new, like this this escalation in the last year, some kind of new escalation, right? I've talked about this. These are the same people that say things like, this is um, uh, the illegal war under international law, right? I did an episode about that. Um, why I think that is dumb and and bullshit and you know not just not just nothing nothing you can not something you can say if you if you don't want to ignore everything historical science has written about in the last 300 years um and what we've analyzed from the past right this is just like not it's not a, a war is war right um and of course there's wars that that kill more people and are worse than other wars but like it's hard to compare them it's kind of like you know the historical in germany uh, where these historians were, were trying to say that you can compare like the holocaust and the nazis under the to the uh, mass killings by stalin under uh, soviet rule um, and you know there are arguments for that and arguments against that but you quickly come get into a um I think personally, this is my personal opinion, into a moral conundrum where you basically, you cannot compare like murder, right? It starts with murder. Like if if you compare two murders and you go like, okay, this murder was worse than the other one because this guy murdered somebody who was bad and this guy murdered a good person. Like morally, that is like, you can't really, like if you ever did, like philosophy maybe in school or whatever and you, you you debate these things right and you really very quickly come to the understanding as somebody who is not a psychopath <laughs> and whose brain you know it still has human thoughts uh, you come to the understanding that it is you cannot compare these things you can't necessarily say one murders better or worse than the other because everybody's a father everybody's a mother everybody has um People that love them, and when they die, no matter what they did before, people feel the same pain right not to mention that this person's life is ended, and you can't like there's no way one human can morally decide who to kill you know under what circumstances it would be just to kill somebody else and this is the same thing with war and and I wrote this in my um in my uh Newsletter piece, and I've, I've talked about this before on that episode. I did. I don't know what episode was that actually. Uh, should probably should look that up. Um, when I talked about war, um, war and justice, episode 114. This was in uh, in April of last year. Um, I talked about. It, I mean, also because of the Ukraine war, you know, and 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 the criticism I'd gotten from people, I talked about what I think about war. Um, and i personally think all wars are horrible all all wars are um there is there's young man dying and i don't in you know i've talked about why i think it is murder when you shoot somebody in a war um you know it might not be legally murder right because the laws don't tend to apply when two soldiers in a declared or undeclared war, whatever, kill themselves, kill the other person, it's not like I, I do that same or somebody does that walking down the street now. Um, it it it's legally most most of the time not considered murder, but I don't really care about that, right? Um, I've also talked about the difference between law and justice on the show, um, and you know, to me, I'm talking about justice now. I'm not talking about law. To me, this is murder. Right, murder as in somebody saying, "I want to kill somebody," you know, premeditated, and then going go do that. Right? If you go to the in the military, you go to war zone, you get issued your AK-74 or your whatever your 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 M4 whatever you're using, uh, you know, and you 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 pack your 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 load bearing rig full of ammunition, um, you know, hard ammunition that you go you're gonna go kill people with and then you go do that then that's war, that's murder to me um that's not saying that you know sometimes i guess even murder is necessary if you're drafted into the army they give you a rifle and they send you in a war zone i mean i'm not saying i wouldn't kill anybody else right if if i'm there you know i got my ak and there's people shooting at me i'll be shooting back you know i'm not you know obviously um and that there's always horrible situations but you know to me that is still murder um and anybody who does that will have to live with that um and it it's so i i find all wars morally reprehensible and when we're talking about war i don't really care so much you know that vladimir putin started it that's a reason for yes you know if you do war crimes tribunals, whatever, yes, of course, and we can debate this, and it's really not debatable. Of course, the Russians started this, <laughs> you know, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel for the like eighteen-year-old Russian soldier who's get handed an AK, you know, gets gets stuck in a in a in a um, in a troop carrier, gets dropped off at the front, and then you know basically gets shot by a Soviet commissar or goes over the hill and kill some ukrainians and then get shot himself and get sent home like in a tin box to his parents and you know his sister and and brother um i, I feel for these people the same that i feel for the ukrainian soldier who get shot and i find it extremely worrying that the press isn't Generally, I mean, there have been different pieces. Of course, there's always different d- dissenting opinions, but they're very f- few and far between. Uh, generally, right now, especially today, if you looked on Twitter, um, in Germany we had almost kind of like a political witch hunt of people who are saying we need peace, um, who are uh, were called uh, Friedensschwurbler. Schwurbler is this new uh, term they use in Germany to kind of, I guess, smear people. Um it means like, you know, talking nonsense, talking like tinfoil head stuff, basically. Um and it was basically saying that if you advocated for peace, you were some kind of I don't know, pro-Russian conspiracy theorist, Nazi, or whatever. Um which I find that extremely worrying. Um, um because um you know that I really we need peace here as soon as possible as as in any war um and I'm you know i'm I'm not somebody who says like you know it's not like let's let's transpose this into Germany in World War II. I would have said the same thing I would have said you know if I was outside of Germany or whatever and looked at the situation, I would have said we need war as soon as possible. Right. And if, um, I'm, I'm somebody who's, who's in, in this situation is, is somewhat, um, um, uh, like sympathetic with, uh, with people like Stauffenberg, you know, the, the Wehrmacht uh, uh, officer who tried to bomb Hitler, right. Kind of like this kind of situation, um, we, we, which basically he did because, or like his circle of officers, they looked at the war and said, "We like this is a horrible war." I don't think even they were saying it's a morally wrong war. I think they were. I mean, they were far removed from that. I mean, they were Wehrmacht officers, but they, I think they were kind of analyzing that this, this Germany wouldn't win this war. And it, it was just descending into needless slaughter. And they were saying, what we need is, like, we need a regime change. And we need to kind of, like, the only way to get peace here is to kill the guy. And, and then they tried. Obviously, they failed. But, um like, I don't really care at this point what needs to happen for this war to end. Um, Who of the people in charge need to die, really, on both sides. I don't give a damn. Um, I would say, you know, if somebody has to uh, to shoot Putin to end this war, then yes. But on uh, it, at the same point, like if somebody has to shoot Zelensky because the Ukrainians don't want peace, then it's kind of the same situation. I don't think one of these two guys is more right than the other. I don't really care at this point who started it. And, you know, that doesn't matter. There's people dying. Um, and I've, I've, in the news that I already, I wrote about the fact my mother uh, was very smart, I think, and, and who's, she's a, she was a teacher, uh, for a long time. And, um, she raised me obviously in, in the spirit of, um, not of like basically hating any war and, 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 uh, you know, weighing justice over law, so to speak, um, you know which is one of the reasons why i would have um if, if they hadn't uh, declared me unfit i would have uh um denied um the military the mandatory military service we had in germany at the time um is um like she always uh, she says she says this a lot recently um she says like no um you shouldn't follow a leader who sends young men off to war and who's not prepared to like, you know, sling on the rifle themselves and, and go to the front line. Um, and and they're doing that on both sides. And they're always doing that in war, right? They, um, if you're not prepared to send like your own sons off to the front line and you, you're just saying other people's sons need to die, then um, you're not you're not a trustworthy person. I would even go far- farther. further. I think these are reprehensible human beings, and I think the same goes for people who are like on the TV news and who are basically advocating for for this uh, war uh, to escalate. You know, for weapons to be sent there, uh, and and who are denouncing people who um, who want peace. And I really don't care where they come from, you know. Um, they can denounce them as Nazis. I don't even I don't give a damn what political party they come from, like even if they come from like a, a borderline right wing party like the AfD, who I would like you know this Euro party that it's kind of like the new um, they're not really neo Nazis. The neo Nazis are they have their own parties, but like you know they're they're often branded as that, and um, I really don't like them. I think they're scums, scumbags, and and and, and slime. Um, but I have a lot more respect for a politician from that party when they actually say we need peace with Russia than for the warmongers in our government right now. Because they remind me of the neocons, you know, the the Bush-Clinton neocons um, back in the 90s and 2000s and all their, you know, whatever came after them. Um, I I don't, like, there's for example there's a, a um a venerable um german left-wing politician called gregor Gysi, who is a who i've always regarded as one of the best speakers in the german parliament he is he's an amazing orator he is fucking like when you when you hear, hear, hear him talk and then you hear the other people in the parliament it's like fucking uh preschools children trying to debate like marcus aurelius or something like it he sounds like he's from the like the he's in the roman senate and they they then the next guy gets up and he sounds like he's throwing his own poop uh in in the in the kindergarten playground (laughs) and and I've ne- I I don't agree with him generally. Like I've never really agreed with any of his political positions. He's very left wing. He used to be actually part of the SED, the the German uh, the East German um, like the one party in the you know in the communist state. So he used to be part of an authoritarian regime. Um, you know, uh, which I always found reprehensible that that party just went on and kind of. Uh, had offspring and then, you know, became, you know, the left party in the in the Federal Republic once the Unity of Germany. But that's a completely different topic. But you know, so I've I've never agreed with where he came from, what he stands for, any or many of his political views. But I've always considered him a great speaker, and I've recently seen him on a on a television show where he basically, um, um, in a very soft spoken and and very. Down to earth, uh, but 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 quite like I would say, um, like cultured and an almost literary um, approach advocated for peace, um, and 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 said really it does not like he said many of the things that I've I've said before here and and you know basically this just, just was like I I just said you know war is is, is always hell and and war is um, hell on the on the civilian population and that's what we need to stop and it doesn't really matter how right the first thing is to stop this war and then we can sort out like everything else the territorial problems the political for everything else but we need to stop this war and we need to get get of the spiral of escalating it, right? Which which is going to lead to, if we're not careful, to World War III and the use of nuclear weapons, and then we're all fucking dead. Um, I guess um, this is the point where I, uh, you know, remind everybody of the intro of the original Fallout game and the, by now, legendary narration of Ron Perlman, which talks about just that, um, that we that we've just talked about
1: war war never changes the romans waged war to gather slaves and wealth spain built an empire from its lust for gold and territory hitler shaped a battered germany into an economic superpower but war
0: never changes that is so true that game is from 1997 um, and I mean, that's what's going to happen if we if we just escalate this further. You know, the Russians just quit the last uh, nuclear treaty they had with the US. It's yeah, it, it's 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 really gonna it's really gonna get really bad here. Um, I think I mean, I um, I I I say this and i kind of like advocate for peace but I, I also think it's it's very unrealistic like you know when the when the when a year ago when the war started <laughs> in air quotes um i was talking to people like you know friends and just people you talk to and obviously it was the topic number one and everybody talked about it and they were like you know so what do you think what's gonna happen and i said at the time i said that we are in for a bad time here, right? This war is going to last five to 10 years. And then at some point there's going to be enough pressure on like the powers that be on both sides that they're going to start negotiate or whatever. And then, or one side's going to win, I guess, in air quotes. And then there's going to be negotiations and there's going to be peace. Uh, And then we're in for like 30 years of Cold War probably between Russia and the West. Now we're like, what? No, you're crazy. And especially when you know the initial Russian push for Ukraine failed, everybody's like, oh, Ukraine's gonna win this." You know, uh, I actually talked to quite a lot of people. Uh, <clears throat> um, embarrassingly, quite a lot of journalists said at the time that you know this would be over and half a year, and Ukraine would win this in under a year. Well, that obviously didn't happen. But I still think, yeah, it's gonna this new like it's gonna be four more years at least, I guess. That that would be, I mean, you can you can never guess these things. It's like you know, uh, as I talked about in the in when this all kicked off, like the the historian from the tank museum in Germany who said, you know, was always you can't predict that those things, right? It always happens in war. It's always always the thing you never expect happens, right? When the it's like when the um when the Germans invaded France, um or when the Germans invaded Poland, actually everybody said they're not they're they're just not gonna. Um, this is gonna bog down. It's gonna be take ages, and then you know the the so-called blitzkrieg was born, and everybody's like amazed. And then Germany attacked France, and everybody was like, "This they're not never gonna march through to Paris. This is gonna this is gonna fail. This is gonna take years." And and they did. And then Germany invaded the Soviet Union. Everybody was like, "They're just gonna march down through to Moscow, and they're just gonna win this." And the Soviets are fucked. Uh, and and then that that didn't happen. So it always it's always the opposite of what you think is going to happen. But I guess that's my that's my prognosis. And it's kind of also the best case scenario. I think this as bad as that sounds. This five to ten years um, of war plus thirty years of cold war. I think is the best case scenario because the worst case scenario is nuclear destruction. And I do believe that. I mean, we're in the same situation we were in in the 60s uh, and the 70s and i always thought you know growing up there at the end of the cold war i was thought it was amazing You know, i can remember when i was growing up there was like definitely this shadow over everything like even in the late 80s until the berlin wall fell with nobody expected uh, which is why it was such a, a cathartic event when it happened um but like everybody was was basically expecting nuclear war any minute um you know which is not that unrealistic if you look at the um arsenals if you look at the at least the russians who still have this automatic system i guess where you know um it just automatically retaliates you know that thing from dr strangelove they really did build that that really did does exist um you know, all these stories about the one guy who didn't follow the chain of command and had he done, then like this false alert would actually have caused nuclear war in the 80s. Um, uh, It's, yeah, we're at the same point again. Um, And I think we are actually, as a species, we're incredibly lucky, we'll be incredibly lucky if I'm still here in 20 years or, you know, generally we're all still here in 20 years and um this hasn't happened and we have not actually haven't didn't see the fallout how, how close fallout and ron perlman were to you know uh, predicting the actual future i think that's 2077 in fallout when the nuclear war happens um yeah but it's it, i mean it's incredibly sad of course because that means the war will just go on and it'll be a meat grinder um, but that is because people are writing shitty stories like this one. You know, like that anniversary that just isn't one. Like this bloody propaganda that just keeps repeating, repeated without people thinking. You know, the story I talked about, about the fucking nuclear train. which <laughs> just blatantly bullshit. And you know, everybody's forgotten about this. Nobody talks about this anymore because it's fucking embarrassing. And I guess that's also why the... Uh, the press is running with this story about the one year anniversary of the war because it's really fucking embarrassing that they just ignored this war for eight years and then went oh my god there's war this is the worst thing that has that has happened to Europe since World War Two. what you just ignored that for the last eight years um, yeah anyway I needed to talk about this um, I hope um, I don't know I don't know what, what you think but but you can tell me. Yeah, you, you can tell me what what you think about this. What's your prognosis? Do you think I'm just preaching to the quiet? Should should I do episodes like this? I mean, I do these because I have the impetus to to because I feel this this has to be talked about. I feel like kind of somebody has to put this out on the airwaves. You know, I kind of need that for my soul. I don't know. I I don't. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's dumb of me, um, but yeah. Please let me know. Go to Private Citizen Press. Um, send me some feedback. I'll be. I'll be talking about um, feedback in a in an episode coming here soon. Um, I just yeah, as I said, this was kind of ad hoc, and yeah. So please, please keep it coming. Um, I live from from your interaction with the show. So uh, Private Citizen Press. Tell me. Tell me what you think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and with that, let's let's wrap this up. I had to already cut out enough coughing fits out of this show. That you wouldn't have like that's also one of the reasons by the way why I didn't live stream. <laughs> because on a live stream i can't um edit that out um so let's let's wrap this up i will will have to thank the people who are financing this show um because they are a patrons on my patreon link in the show notes private Citizen press i have the biggest respect uh for these people uh you're you're um, making this possible you're making some actual difference in the world i think uh promoting critical Thinking, even though, even if it's only for a few thousand people listening to this podcast, still think that's important. So, uh, thanks to my showrunner, Sol Galtarin, who does an amazing job. Unlike the fucking showrunners on Star Trek Picard, start watching that again. Don't get me started. So, Sol Galtarin, you're doing an amazing job. Thank you. Uh, My executive producers, uh, Butterbeans, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Rizal, Sandman616, also doing a better job than all the executive producers. Like like including Patrick Stewart on Picard or any of these on the new Gamma show. You know, you're the executive producers so are really doing a good job. And then the supervising producers, uh 1i, 11G, Avis, Bennett Piata, Dave, IKN, Jackie Plage Jonathan M. Hitei, Crunkle, Michael Jensen, Robert Forster, Tobias, and Tobias Weber, and my producers Andrew Davidson, Astro C., Cam, Captain Nacket, David Potter, Dirk Didi, Fanny Mansour, Florian Pigosh, Joe Poser, Michael Small, Mika, Mr. Amish, Rick Bragg, RJ Tracy, as well as associate producers Barry Williams, D. Jonathan, Johan Sonnen, Kai Sears, Ricky M., Steve Hose, and Vlad. Thanks to all of you. Also, thanks to ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk, UK cloud hosting company, who are providing the service and the bandwidth for this podcast and are thus making it possible. So thanks a lot to ByteMark. Um, the theme song of this show is called Acoustic Roots by Raoul Kabzali, and I'm now going to play us out by some country music because sometimes you just need some... I think that's a bit sarcastic, um, considering the subject matter and the... Heavy uh, go lucky instrumentation, but I, 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 I thought it kind of fit. Um, and it kind of speaks for itself. Uh, this is a "Drums of War" by Robson Carver. Really like this song. And um, you out there, stay stay sane, stay sane, stay critical, and uh, keep aiming to misbehave. Which I guess in 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 this in these times is advocating for world peace that's um, that's some serious misbehaving we're doing right now so uh, keep that up everybody
1: we all live on time we borrow time our children to us live. Yeah, today, but gone tomorrow, like a spark fly in the wind. We all look up to our fathers all our lives, if all is right, and we all need a mothers when the day. Drums of war are getting louder A sound you never heard before Gonna come to your town Gonna find your corner And we'll soon be knocking on your door Someone pulls an easy trigger Puts another fingers through which his blood runs with his life So long buried in the snow, is yes, here we are shining diamonds burning red.